Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Hyman. Coming to you live again from the big city of Florence, South Carolina, lunchtime on Wednesday, March the 1st, 2023. Welcome to Hump Day. You've been working your butt off all week to get to this halfway point. The weekend's almost here. Uh, Push through, okay? Get to that Friday. Enjoy your weekend because Monday will be here before you know it. So, uh, it was a great night for the Bruins last night. Uh, Big 12-4 victory against Manning uh, at the Bruins' den. Started off really well, kind of fizzled out down the stretch. But, you know, you expect that sometimes in the early part of the season. So, back-to-back games with double-digit hits, and uh, pitching was was good. Got three guys, got some work in, had a couple guys with multiple hits last night. Base running was phenomenal. Love to see that. Um, So, yeah, big big night. Uh, JV's got out on the practice field, worked some things out, worked some kinks out, so that was a good thing. Uh, Just continuing to grow. And uh, the Varsity Bruins are back in action tonight with a away, a, a road game against Hannah Pamplico. So heard nothing but great things about Coach Woodbury and his crew down there. You know they've got a, you know, guy who's on a couple different radars. I'm not not really sure about everything they have, but I do know they have one guy that we've kind of been watching for a few years now. He's pretty good. Uh, so be fun to go down there and and compete. Opening week's always a good week because we get to play a lot of baseball, so we learn a lot about our team. And, you know, one thing I think we definitely learned about last night was, and this high school coaches, college coaches, you know, you jump out to an early lead. I think we drop. We hit our base two uh, goals in the second inning for the game. Um, I've talked about it. So we moved to 29-0 since we started with base two when we accomplish uh, three out of five goals. So um, we gave up a run in the first, so we lost the ability to score first. But we answered back in the bottom with a big inning, so that was two of them. One of those runs was a two-out, scoring with two outs, so that was three. Uh, and then we came in the next inning, we extended the lead. So um, it was good. It was good. We uh, – Four out of five. Never lost at South Florence since we started doing that base two model. If you're not, if you haven't read Coach uh, Justin Demer's book, uh, it's linked on my last article or on uh, not my last article on Tactical Tuesday. It's linked right in there. It's twenty five bucks. If you're looking to start making some wholesale changes in your program, just from a mindset standpoint and getting your guys more bought in on the small things that win baseball games, read the book. It was a game-changing book for me. Okay, we utilize base two, and we utilize the strike method at South Lawrence now. And, you know, it's it's tangible. The dudes, the, the guys in your program will buy into it, and they will emphasize it. And our guys know when we accomplish these goals, we've never lost. Uh, so... And, and on the other side, when you only accomplish two or less, we're like three and eight all the time. So they know. Um, you know, and there's been games where we obviously, you know, where we didn't get more than two and still won, but you lose a lot more than you win. So this isn't a base two podcast. This podcast is going to be around base running because 
That's my baby. But um, One Pitch Warrior, that's the name of it. Okay, you can. I think there's a discounted link in the. It might be discount. I'm not sure if it is or not. I signed up for it, but I'm not sure if it's twenty four ninety nine normally or if it's more expensive than that. It's probably a Kindle version you can get for free if you want to. But get the book. It's a game changer. Um, and really, just to summarize it, what it really is all about is mental toughness, teaching your guys to lock in ten seconds at a time and be a one pitch warrior. And then throughout that process, there are uh, offensive and defensive things that we can do that will lock their focus in on small tasks. And it basically, I like to break it down saying it takes a seven inning baseball game with a million variables and it, it drops it down into the most important parts of that. So, um, it's worth it. Uh, if somebody's interested in, uh, having a, having to look at a book, I've got two extra books. That I ordered five of them a few years ago. I've sent two of them to, uh, to various coaches throughout the state. If you want a copy of the book, shoot me a DM on Twitter with your address. I'll send you a copy of the book uh, if you don't want to spend $25 on it. Uh, I've got three of them left, so uh, they're they're open to whoever wants them. Because it's that's how strongly I feel about it. It's uh, It's been a game changer. Now, if you're from West Florence or Wilson, uh, Hartsville, North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, don't read the book. But everybody else, you can read the book. I'm just kidding. Um, share, steal shamelessly from each other. It's that's that's you know my piece of advice on that one. Read, get the book. If you've got it all figured out, that's fine. Don't get the book. But I'm just you know, it it was a game changer for me. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <clears throat> okay, so all right, I gotta say one more thing about it since we're talking about it. The whole the other thing about that book is it's all about building building creating momentum and stopping momentum so a couple things we learned about our team last night is from a the strike method you know we didn't get off the field with two outs enough and we didn't get the first out enough you know it's those are crucial moments so um you know that's going to be a focal point for us moving forward you know it's really important when you get that first first out of the inning massive premium on that and then when you work your tail off to get the two outs, get off the field the first time with two outs, right? Don't walk the guy and then throw a pass ball and then a little bleeder over to second baseman scores a run, right? Go ahead and execute the inning, shut down the inning, knock it out. So you'll learn about all those things in the book, Game Changer. Your guys will love it. I'm just telling you now, we got a board that we use every single game, and those dudes are coming off the field like, boom, big inning. Hey, all right, let's answer back. Hey, you know, for the game, let's score first. You know, they they're bought in on that. And I mean, it's a task oriented thing, and they knock it out. So, one last time, read the book. All right. So, what are we? Uh, one last thing. Um, tremendous amount of feedback on yesterday's podcast. Uh, an article that that went out. I uh, got vulnerable. It was, uh, you know, not easy to talk about, but. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go listen to it. It's my story on my path to redemption. And I don't want to make it about me, but if if, you, if you're struggling, it's a good thing to listen to because it might be the thing that you hear that gives you a path forward, gives you some hope. So uh, thank you for all the feedback. I've got a, just a lot of – the last two weeks, last three weeks since I started doing this, You know, we're nine episodes deep now. Uh, this is number nine. It's – it just 
it's got me fired up to continue pushing forward and you know i just think we're we're nearing in on a thousand listens um yesterday was the highest traffic we've ever had on the coachhyman.com website <clears throat> our subscriptions on substack have gone up a hundred people in the last two weeks so it's hey people are listening people people are tuning in so thank you to everybody uh had another guy call me this morning give me some feedback it was great feedback we won't talk about the feedback uh but it was good feedback somebody else said hey man i love listening to your stuff but you said um 27 times yesterday i was like man i may have said um 27 times in the first uh segment so i'm gonna start trying to get better at stuff like that stop saying the word the words right and you know you know right um trying to eliminate those it's hard though so anyways all right so today what are we talking about um there i go i should never say anything about it because now i'm going to be worried about the whole episode title this podcast building better base runners there's not going to be a supplemental article for this one because you know the whole the whole premise of this podcast and everything is transactional not transactional transformational coaching and kind of my vision for all that is we talk about transformational, how we transform people, you know, players, coaches, whatever, into better people. How we can use that mindset and coaching to to fix that part of the game. But then I also want to put a focus on the things that are important from a fundamentals mindset, all that stuff, because X's and O's are important. You know, you have to have a game plan. You have to have things that, you know, you have, you build your foundation on. You know, for me, my foundation is on base running. My foundation is on outfield play. And for our program at South Florence, I'm responsible for those two things. It's my job to make sure all 35 guys we have have some direction and have a foundation for why we do what we do, how we do it. What's the mindset I have to have and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to talk to you about building better base runners. Uh, one thing that's indisputable, okay, as you look across the country, if you're somebody who can acknowledge and, and see good baseball teams, right, you normally can tell a good baseball team when they get off the bus. You know, do you have a bunch of guys who get off the bus in gym shorts with their jersey on with a pair of Crocs on? Or did they get off the bus with their pants on, their shirt tail in, and their turfs or their cleats on? You know, what they look like? What's your brand the minute you get off the bus? When I see a team get off the bus and they look like that, I'm thinking, okay, we're, you know, let me pull the boxing gloves out of my coaching bag because we're trending towards a fight tonight, right? And then... You know, they get on the field, they're, they're taking pregame BP, and you can see that they're doing some things really good. You know, There's an emphasis on moving runners throughout BP. They've got guys on the field in the base, you know, at first, second, third. They're going around the bases working on their craft, working on things that they're actually going to have to do in-game from a base running standpoint. Then you look out there and you see you know, guys aren't just like a bunch of herded cattle – you know they're actually playing their positions and 
working on getting better, getting live reads. You know, every environment's different. So, you know, you come to South Lawrence, you know, that outfield out there while the grass is nice and everything, um, you know, it's kind of like fielding ground balls in the parking lot, you know, because it's not – the ground's not level. So we get somewhat of a competitive advantage there because every time – you know, we practice every day on that. But, uh, you know, other teams come in, if they don't take their their live reads and start figuring out how the turf plays, how the surface plays and everything else, you know, we're at an advantage. Because that ball's going to find you in the seventh inning or the fifth inning or the sixth inning, and there's going to be a runner on second, and you're going to have to make a play at the plate. And if you haven't been seeing those bounces early in the game, you know, in BP and paying attention in the game, might be too late to make a play. So – my point about that whole dissertation is the best teams take care of all the little things. And when you look at base running, you will not find a great baseball team that does not take care of the smallest of details from a base running standpoint. It's indisputable. Major League Baseball, high school baseball, college baseball, travel baseball, whatever it is, the – those teams execute and they have a game plan it's not you know it's not some you know it's not it's it's nice like you're like damn they they were on bases good um so i'm gonna talk about again you know what we do kind of what our process is and you know i'm gonna start from the mindset standpoint then we're gonna go base to base situation to situation and we'll finish with some things that you can do daily to make sure that your guys, this is becoming a part of who your guys are as baseball players. Because that's the most important. It's understanding the mindset and being committed to it is obviously important. Having a good foundation is important. But really, the thing that separates the good teams from the great teams from a base running standpoint is a commitment to working on it daily. And that's something we do. And when we started putting a focus on on it daily and not skipping over it, not saying, ah, you know, we worked on it two days this week. No, 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 no. It's every single day. If you practice for two and a half hours, you need 15 to 20 minutes every day. Especially if you're in high school. Because if you're in high school – there are so many runs to be had by teams who can execute base running wise. There's so many runs. It's it. There is the run production that good teams create from the base paths in high school. Staggering. I'd, I'd say we've probably generated 40 extra runs a year from being great at running the bases. And especially if you've got a team that gets it well enough to where you can steal triple-digit bags. Whew. Matt Apicella down in Lake City, one of the best at this, okay? Don't know if Coach App listens to the uh, the podcast or not, but we play them every year. And it is, as a coach, you find yourself in a pressure-packed situation because – you're defending against the guy getting on base. You know, guy gets on first base via a walk with two outs. He's going to steal second. 
and he's going to try to steal third potentially at some point. But either way, he's going to be on second base at some point in that at bat. And when you get a guy on second base with two outs, he's going to score on a ball in play normally. So, you know, App does it right. Um, they have – I mean, first of all, those guys are just dogs down there, right? They get after it. Uh, he's he's one of the first people as a coach. You know, he sent me a manual that he wrote up, you know, many years ago when he became the coach down there. And, I mean, it's a mindset that they have down there. And they are – I mean, that's a blue-collar crew, number one. But it's a bunch of dogs. Like, they, they're going to get after it. And they don't care who you are, okay? They don't care. I mean, number one in state in 4A, doesn't matter. We're coming after you. We're gonna make you. You know, we're we're gonna make you throw us out. We're gonna put pressure on you the entire game. It doesn't stop. The only way they don't put pressure on you, and, and they put pressure on you this way too, because they're just tough to get out. They don't strike out a lot. Uh, they put the ball in play, and because they have such good team speed, you know that that four zero, uh, that four zero time you normally have, you know, it drops down to three nine five. You know, so there's an emphasis on being perfect. Your catcher. You know, if he's a 2-3, you're going to be in trouble all game if guys get on base. 2-3, they're probably going to be sliding in and standing up by the time the ball gets there. That's how good they are at it. Anyways, Coach App, thanks for your commitment to those kids down there and for what you do. You're one of the best in the business, brother. So, All right, anyway, so back to what we do at South Lawrence. Um, I should have brought Coach App on on his podcast so he could talk about this. But anyways. Starting with the mindset, uh, from day one, you know, our players have to know the value of 90 feet, right? That's uh, – it's important. And you see guys, you hit a pop-up to left field, slammed a bat down, jogging, balls caught before they even make it to, make it to first base. What that says to me as a coach is you don't value 90 feet. You hit a ground ball to the shortstop, he fields it cleanly. You're not busting it. You're big leaguing it down the line. Catcher's beating you down the line. You don't value 90 feet. Okay? For us to do anything, we have to get to 90 feet. Right? Unless everybody you have just hits the ball out of the ballpark, which nobody does. Uh, we all don't have teams where we can hit hit uh, Apo Taco one through nine. Right? Not possible. So, value 90 feet. That's step one. Everything you do has got to be max effort to that bag. Uh, you want the other team to say, hey, them dudes, hey, 90 feet's real important. Because that's what I'm looking for. Because if I see a team that values 90 feet, they definitely value the extra 90. Because they value that first 90 because that first 90 is not where they want to go. They're trying to get to 180. Okay, and the problem with trying to get 180 when you're playing defense is, you know, you're two hits away from 180 turning into a run, right? You know, hustle double followed by blooper to right field. Good base runner, you're going to score on that, right? So, value 90 feet. That's, that's We value 90 feet, period. Second thing from a mindset standpoint, value of the extra 90, right? We are always trying to get an extra 90 feet. As outfielders, what I tell our outfielders is this, because they know what our philosophy is base running-wise, right? So 
if they know what it is as a base runner, we're trying to steal an extra an, an extra ninety. What's our job as outfielders? Is to limit a guy to ninety feet or less. We're willing to concede ninety feet on a base hit, but that's it. Yeah, we're not trying to give up hustle doubles. Now we're trying to take hustle doubles, and we did one. Wyatt Williams, yeah, couldn't be more proud of what he did last night on the base runner, base pads. When you look at Wyatt Williams in the left-handed batter's box, he's a bigger kid, strong kid, beautiful swing, but you don't look at Wyatt Williams and say this dude can run. Never going to make you look good on a stopwatch. But that dude gets out of the box hard, and he's come, if he, he hits a ball to left field, he's looking for the left fielder to bobble that ball, and he's going to take second. And he'll never break stride. He'll never break stride. He's going to hit the perfect rounding angle. He's going to hit the left corner of the bag with his left foot. Okay? And he's he's busting it to get out there for you to screw up. He's going to take an extra 90. That's what he does. And he does it because nobody thinks he'll do it. You know, he, we watch this in pregame all the time, right? I'm looking to see – we're looking as coaches, as players, who's coming to get the baseball and who's letting the baseball come to them. If you're a left fielder and you let the baseball come to you – at some point, you're going to have a play at second base on a ball where a guy should have been standing at first. Just telling you that. And that's the mindset you want your base runners to have as coaches. Uh, the final thing, and this is more of an over, overwhelming overall theme, is we talk about a green light mentality as base runners. We talk about empowering our runners to make decisions, Right? That is vital to – I mean, we don't want guys – you know, we don't want guys going out there and doing dumb stuff, you know. You hit a ball to the right fielder, it's fielded cleanly, and you think, well, maybe I'll force him to make a bad throw at second. You know, that, that's, that's reckless, right? But what I'm talking about is the key plays um, going first to third, right? Nine times out of ten, that should be initiated by a base runner. And the only way as coaches we can get them to initiate that is to give them the freedom to fail, especially early in the year. That's it. You know, we, me and Coach Gray were talking about this last night. There was a ball hit to center field. Uh, it was not that ball where the center fielder's fielding it coming away from third base. It kind of is coming more towards second base. And we had a guy on first base, Braden Robinson. I watched him the entire time. He did everything perfect. He did it perfect. I mean, uh, I think in his own mind he felt like he could go first to third on that ball. I I kind of thought he could have gone first to third on that. And Coach Gray leaned over and he said, you know, hey, I've got a he, – maybe he could have had maybe couldn't. He was like, you know, Coach Gray was holding him up. And um, later in the game I think – he said, you know, that might have been a good situation for him to have the freedom to fail. Um, it, it would have been a close play at third, but I think it, part of part of giving the freedom to fail is we start figuring out limits a little bit and how we can push those limits. But if we don't ever put ourselves in those situations, then, you know, we become too hesitant, too reliant on the guy on uh, in the third base coaching box or the guy in the first base coaching box to tell us when to go, when not to go. And normally by that time it's too late, you know, so – uh, green light mentality, that's what we mean, um, is the only decision 
you should give your third base coach is when to send you from second because he's got eyes on the play. When you're at first base trying to go first to third, the the play's in front of you normally. If it's behind you, we're assuming we're taking three until our third base coach is holding us up. But, like, that ball hitting the left center field gap, okay, if my left fielder, if I'm on first and that, that ball's hitting the left center field gap and that left fielder is going to field that going away from the play at third base, that's something I can see in front of me and say, bam, I'm gone. Um, but again, as as players, you can't just do that. You've got to have coaches who are bought in on that and are willing to say, hey, I'm willing to concede a couple outs at third base or a couple outs at second base or a couple outs at the plate for us to establish this mindset. Uh, and for us, it's been it's been a game changer for us because then you know, and then as they fail, it gives you an opportunity as a coach to say, okay, what was your thought process there? Okay, well, thought process was this. Okay, great. Did you under, did you understand the situation we were in? We're trailing by a run. It's the sixth inning. Yeah, no outs. You're trying to go first to third on a on a you know ball that's probably sixty percent favored to the outfielder, forty percent favored to to us. That's probably not the right situation. But the second inning, you know, good spot. So, anyways, that's that's the mindset that that we like to that I like to try to push home, and we as a coaching staff try to push home uh, to our players. Now, next thing I want to talk about is just foundation wise. You know, what are some some key things? And when you start talking about foundation, this is going to vary from from program to program, coach to coach, team to team. Um, you really want to be focused on identifying the common areas your guys screw up and, and even the areas you screw up as a coach on base running. Uh, if your guys are really good at balls in play on the infield, digging, hitting the front middle of the bag, uh, and then gradually decelerating, then that's probably not something you need to spend daily focus on. Um, I think for us the big thing that we – tell our guys is balls on the infield it's your eye your this is one cue that we build everything your feet will go where your eyes tell it right so if i'm looking at the back middle of the bag with my eyes i'm not going to hit the front middle of the bag but if my eyes are locked in on front middle of the bag that's where my feet are going to go and uh in the era of replay, especially at the collegiate level and the major league level, we don't have it at high school yet. Um, I don't know that we'll ever have it at high school. Probably not. But, um, you know, it's vital <laughs> when there's a replay involved that you're hitting the front middle of the bag. Because if you don't, that replay is going to make you out by half a tenth of a second when had your foot hit front middle, probably would have been safe. One of our guys, Luke Miller, he told me, man, Coach, you know, we've been talking about this, and I was watching college baseball, and they did it, and had his foot not hit front middle, he would have been out, right? Um, the other thing that's important about first base is just kind of the posture in which we hit the bag when we're accelerating, when we're powering through it, is, you know, we don't want to be throwing the front, the lead foot as we hit the bag. We want to be – head over the knee as we hit the front middle of the bag. That's just a posture thing. Uh, it can give off the 
look to the umpire that that you know if your head's past your knee to him he might see you know you being at that bag faster than you know maybe the play dictates sometimes you can steal steal a, a safe call there but anyway so those kind of things on first base um rounding lanes are huge you know ball through the infield like getting out there uh and extending that uh extending that that turn so we'll have a chance of taking a hustle double if we can or you know if they make it they make a bobble you know i see high school guys it's cringeworthy and i never know if it's the players or if it's just not enough emphasis on the coaching staff daily you know they hit that ball they pull up and they're kind of like oh you know sweet you know then the left fielder bobbles it a little bit and you know probably could have gone but because we weren't busting out of the box really focused on extending that extending that turn we weren't in a good position to take an extra 90 yeah again that goes back to valuing that initial 90 feet if you value the initial 90 your guys are going to get there faster harder more aggressive the right way so you can be in a position to take the extra 90 so that's that one thing that you know Coaches, left foot, inside corner to bag. But you got to work on it because when you start it, your guys are going to be like, hey, I I can't get left foot inside corner because everybody teaches right foot, right foot inside corner. And it just directionally, it makes you a little bit slower. Uh, it takes away your ability to power through the bag. So that's kind of, it should be a focus, should be a focus. And, and it's one of those things, as a, even for me as a coach, I mean, we work on this stuff every day in BP. And, like, we don't make them run poles when they don't do it fundamentally the right way, but they hit a little little jog pole and back, you know, just to kind of make sure the focus is there. Um, don't get don't, – don't give up on the left foot inside part of the back because we are really bad at it when we started the year and for the most part really good at it and I think if you're doing it max effort it becomes easier if you're going 70 percent your stride lengths change the length of their stride is going to change so when they get into a game situation and they're they're like not really thinking about it they're going to be hitting right foot directionally they're going to be a little off it's going to extend the 90 foot running lanes that we have and stuff like that so you know Practice it at max intent, and and don't give, don't give on the left foot inside corner of that. That's a it's a non-negotiable. Are they going to screw it up? Sometimes they are, but left foot inside corner of the bag allows them to power through the bag, and it gives you directional. It gives you directional stability to get in line with where you're trying to go. Okay, probably should have done a, like a video on this, but anyways. So that that's kind of getting to first base, making a round, stuff like that. I, I my personal opinion on running through the bag is we got to move away from the immediate breakdown and look right. You see a lot more injuries now from that. So middle front, boom, gradual slowdown. Okay, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Now, uh, as far as you know. This guy named Coach Allen Gum, and I can't remember where he coached, but he used to always say offense is what is what you get. Offense can win games when 
the hitting is not is not there, and and that's a fact. And offense really starts from first base, right? Well, not necessarily, but once you get to first base, you can generate offense even without hits, right? So, um, the biggest thing that we see from first base starts with the lead. Some people say. Hyman, y'all, y'all overcomplicate the lead. And me and Coach Rhodes Dickerson have talked about this many times. And, and Coach Gray's had some opinions on this too. Uh, it's it's less important about how they get out there um, and more important that they're not making any cardinal sins like crossing the feet, stuff like that. You know, we kind of had a debate on should it be left pivot, shuffle, shuffle, or should it be right, left, shuffle, Um and I think what we found is some kids, they prefer left pivot, shuffle, shuffle. Some kids prefer right, left, right, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as we're not making any cardinal sins and we're getting out to 12 feet. That should be – 12 feet should be the mark. And, well, I say 12 feet. That shouldn't always be the mark. If we can work to 12 feet, that's a good spot to be. Now – um some of the the biggest challenge for high school kids is there's a certain comfort level they have it when they're standing on the base and it diminishes in three feet three foot increments on the way out right so when they're standing on the bag they're extremely comfortable when they move out to three feet not as comfortable but still okay you get to six feet Okay, this is if every kid could stop between six and nine feet on their lead, they would. And if you're not careful, a lot of times, if you look down there from the third base coaching box, that's exactly where they are about eight feet, seven feet. That's kind of the tip of their comfort level. So, really, as coaches, we, we're really fighting to get them to take that extra full step, right? For us, you know getting them to go from 8 feet to 10 feet. You know, the good guys getting them to go from 10 feet to 12 feet. You know, we want there to be a play at first if there's going to be a pick. You know, if if there's going to be a pick, if they, they get a back, step and dive. Like, and it's got to be bam. Like, because there's going to be a play there. Um, that's when you know you're getting it when your guys are, you're not having to stand in the first base box and say, give me a step. No, 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 full step, not not a not a jab step, full step. Give me a step. You know, when you're not having to do that, uh, your guys are getting comfortable. But once they get comfortable, the opportunities and all that they're endless because the confidence aspect of it is like if, if I know like I I've got a great foundation and I'm really good out here at you know 78 feet from second base, 12 feet off the bag, right, 10 feet off the bag, whatever. Uh, you're not thinking about getting back because that's natural at that point. Like, I'm good at getting my chest down, right arm, back corner of the bag. It's going to be a close play, but I'm going to be able to get back 90 at 99 out of 100 times. You know, that's the big thing there. If you can eliminate that worry because you're already good at going left, you know, everybody's good at going left. The best teams are good at going right and left, right? So once we get past that part, you get the comfort level being 12 feet off the bag, you're good. Um, but then it's, okay, now we got to work on on how do we get from 78 feet to the next 
how do we get that 78 feet quick, fast, in a hurry? Um, and that starts with just focusing on gaining ground in your jump, right? You got to be able to gain ground in your jump. Like you can't be, you know, see so many false steps, stutter steps, step straight up, you know, they come out of it. You know, there's a lot, a lot of mistakes there. Um, and again, if you're not working on these things every day, you're not going to be, when you have fast base runners who get good jumps, you're going to be fine. But when you have a slow, slow team speed, you're not. I mean, we got a guy on our team now. You know, I think his steel start time is, uh, I think he's like 4.8. He's going to steal at least 20 bags this year for us. I would bet anything he's going to steal 20 bags because he's one of the best at getting that little controlled jump lead that Brian Roberts likes to get, used to get as a player, and, and it's good. It's good. Um, it's hard to defend against because he's probably the smartest base runner we have. So... And that's another, you know, from a from a knowing stand. Like if you're one of the things it took for us to get Coach Gray bought in on the run game a little bit was the stopwatch, man. Get a stopwatch. Get your steel start times. Line them up at eighty feet. Eighty feet. So that, that's a ten foot lead. You stand down there with a stopwatch and a clip. Somebody's got a clipboard. Somebody's got a stopwatch. Drop the ball into your hack attack machine. When you drop the ball. You know, you're starting that clock on his on his first movement. And you do that ten times throughout the course of six weeks or however long you've got, you know, you're preparing for your season. Get the average, get the best, get the worst. Okay? If you're worried about being overly aggressive, go when you can beat the clock. Your pitcher gives you the, the opposing pitcher and catcher, they give you a time every inning. Yeah? That's what Darnie. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, what's it? What's his? Uh, what's his time to plate and what's his time to second? Right. Okay. He's one two to the plate and the catcher's two zero. Oh. All right. That's three two. That's three two. We got to be really good. And we got guys who can beat three two. That's three two's tough. Yeah. So, you know, as a coach, you should know those things. You want to get better as a as a base running team. You know. Stealing more bags? Want to steal triple digit bags? Know what your number is. Yeah. Then then you know, okay, well this guy's three four and his best time was three six. Worst time was three nine. You know, that's a there's a lot of lot of variables there where we're probably gonna be out. Probably probably not a good idea here. Maybe we should hit and run here or sack bun or whatever. Um so that's that's one thing that you gotta do. Second thing Second thing I see these high school kids really screw up, and as coaches we screw up, um, see an impact on hit and runs, right? you got to see impact. And that's, again, daily focus. Let your guys get out there with the ball, you know, off the hack attack machine, boom. All right, we're getting our 12-foot lead or 10-foot lead, whatever you're comfortable with. All right, as that ball is dropped into the chute on the hit and run round, I'm gaining ground on my jump, Okay. I'm peeking in. I'm seeing impact. All right. If he swings and misses, I'm powering powering the second. Uh, but it's important to see impact because how many times do our guys take off? All right. They got their head down and impact's made. They pull up and look and can't find the baseball on a hit and run. 
you know, it's pop up to the second baseman. Our guy's, you know, almost second base by the time he realized, oh, crap. You know, now it's, you know, a race to see. It's a ball going to come down before he gets back to first, right? Um, we try to teach our guys to see impact. And it's normally, you know, two steps in and a peak. I should be able to see impact. And then what that's going to help on also is what are we ultimately trying to do on a hit and run? We're trying to go first to third, right? So I'm going to see that ball behind me. I'm going to see that ball in front of me. I'm going to see that ball that's in the air that I'm probably going to hang out on and, and then get back. Okay, so it's thing they screw up. Last thing from first base. Zones, guys. Zones on fly balls. How many times do we see a ball hit the left field in the air and our guy standing on first base is like nine feet off the bag and you're as a first base coach yelling, get more, get more, get more, 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 more. Get out there, get out there, get out did that for years, right? Easiest way to correct this. During BP, two cones. That's all you need. Three zones. And you identify as a coach the area that you're comfortable in them being based on the placement of the ball in the outfield. Okay? Yeah, I literally, we, we go take two cones, go about 20 feet, zone one. 20 feet, zone two. Okay? And we break that 90 feet into thirds. Okay? And... You know, there's a zone for each area of the field in the outfield, okay? You know, ball hit to the foul pole in left field. We're getting all the way out to zone three, almost on the bag at second. And we're anticipating we're already getting out there in our rounding lane and everything so we, we can try to score first. We did it last night on a ball to left center field. We had runners on first and second. Uh, it was – I clipped it because we're going to look at it today so we can show everybody what they were doing. The guy at second, he's way out there. The guy at first, he saw the the back of the outfielder never broke stride. Just bam, gone. Scored from first. Beautiful. That's how you steal extra runs. Normally, you're going to score from secondary. You're going to end up with a guy on first base. Okay, and then we're going to – I mean, a guy at third base. Um, second and third, and we're going to strand one there. But not not us on that play. We had it. We had a double. Scored two runs. One of those runs scored for first. Um, so that's big. Uh, the last thing on that is just guys have bad do a bad job. And this is all the way around the bases uh, of getting their chest to the play. So got to make sure you get your chest to the play. Uh, if it's balls hit the right field, get the chest to the play so you can see what's going on. Um, scoring from second. Um, that's obviously something important. Um, just making sure our guys, when we get there, they're taking the right angles. You know, they they have an idea of what our defense is doing, where our defense is placed before the pitch, stuff like that. Reads from second base on balls to their right, right? How many times do our guys take off and there's a ball hit to their right? You know, they didn't know where the shortstop was playing. They're throwing out at third base, running out of an inning. It takes daily focus, right? Got to work on it at practice. They've got to see that from second base off of a live, you know, live ball, you know, paying attention to where the defense is at and kind of seeing, okay, you know, am I vaulting back on that or am I extending? Um, so that's that. That read is also important from third base, you know. And I'll talk about kind of what we do every day in, in BP to, to make sure that we're getting those those live reads from third base to train the eyes. Practice should all be all about training the eyes, uh, so our bodies react faster during the game, right? Uh, let's see. What else did I have is important? 
you know, secondary leads, got to put some focus on that. Seeing bunts down versus giving yourself up and, you know, or being late on seeing a bunt down. That, that takes every day your guys are bunting. You should have your guys in a straight line at first base who's, who's not bunting and working on getting those those immediate second those secondaries immediately gone on when they see down action. Dirt ball reads extremely important. Got to find ways to replicate that in practice. Um, and then proper way to tag. Okay, using using the bag as leverage. Those are things that you know we gotta we've got to focus on and and practice on daily. Because if you don't do it every single day or a couple times a week on things like how to use the ba- how to use the bag as leverage, you know they're not gonna be able to do it in a game. They're you know gonna have balls hit the left field where they've got their you know where they've got their you know they got their chest to the third base dugout instead of their chest to the you know right fielder and they're looking you know they can see the play and and all that so and they're loaded up on that backside already explode off the back so for me those are all that's not all the things but those are a lot of things that we identify and as coaches you should be looking for every day like what is what are five things our guys are not very good at and how do we get better at it so uh that's base running uh from a foundational find the things we're not good at standpoint. Now, daily, what can we do? All right. So the thing that changed for us base running wise was when we got a hack attack. Okay. And I know that sounds kind of ridiculous. Okay. Well, what in the world? Like, what does a hack attack have to do with base running? Okay. What it has to do with base running is now, uh, Every day we take BP off the hack attack. We don't throw anymore. We don't do any of that. Everything's off the hack attack from 77 feet, or sorry, from 40 something feet, you know, replicating nice fastball. Uh, we'll mix in some curveballs in there as well. But um, what it allows us to do is now we have in our hitting groups, one of those groups cycles through base running. So, you know, if we're taking three rounds of B, three rounds per group, well, that first round is going to be two sacks, three hit and runs. Well, then on the sack bunt round, we line the, the base running group up at first base, and they get in a straight line from 10 to 12 feet, and they synchronize. They're in, in sync. Secondary, secondary, see ball down, boom, gone. Secondary, 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 the ball up, freeze, back, Okay. Working on that every day, so we're improving our reaction times, getting better, seeing balls down, seeing in a live environment, right? Um, then on the hit and run, we'll put one guy up. Okay, he's straight stealing on the, he's hit and run steal on the drop. Okay, we got to see impact. If he doesn't see impact, we send him on a pole. Um, it's clear if they see impact or not because uh, their body language will, will give it up. Next part is they see impact. We're trying to go first or third, so if it's a ball right at the shortstop, we don't need to take a rounding angle. If it's a ball behind them, we got to take a rounding angle. If it's a fly ball, you know, behind them, we got to break down, get our chest to the play, see what's going on. Okay, so those are all those are the things we do there. Then we'll move them over to second base. All right, moving second base today, we might be scoring from second with two outs. Okay, so good two out lead, no hesitation on contact. You know, we're simming, you know, we, we've got our defense out there, you know, taking live reads and BP. And, um, you know, no hesitation. If they hesitate at all, boom, hit me a pole. Um, if they take a bad round and angle coming around, you know, for third base, 
hit a pole. That's one area that's not coached enough, okay? When they when they round that bag at third, when by the time they hit nine feet, they should be back in line with the baseline. We give up so we take so many hazards into play because we don't put enough focus on the right way to come around third base. And how many times it, it happens twice, a couple times a year, okay, three times a year. Guys coming around third going to be a for sure run, trips, falls, slips. You know, it almost always comes back to we got too wide coming around the bag because we didn't get wide enough coming into the bag and we didn't hit the left foot inside part of the bag. When you hit left foot inside part of the bag, you can propel it, you can power through the bag, and you can get stability with your right leg when it goes, which pushes you back in line. Okay? You go right foot, it takes you two steps to try to get back in line. Anyways, um, running in on an hour, so i got to kind of speed up a little bit. So that's what we do at second base. Then one day, you know, we might – we do a drill. Coach Rhodes gets up at home play with a fungo. We put a third baseman out there. We put a cone out there, and we just work on, okay – ball this page, you know, we line everybody up to second base, okay, and we hit balls through the cone and, and with different pace, different speed, and it's just working on, you know, those second base reads as far as, okay, your shortstop's here, ball on this pace, you know, we're probably vaulting back versus trying to score, you know, but you got to work on it. You can do it. You can do something like that in 10 minutes. It gives your guys five good reps apiece and they can see it. Um, it takes longer to pick the balls up after hitting them you know, out there than it does to actually go through this. So that's something you can do there. Um, you know, when we're getting getting reach from second on fly balls, you know, you got to put an emphasis on getting your chest to the play. So fly ball to left field, you know, get that chest swung around, you know, so you can see what's going on. As that ball's getting away from second base, we should be extending back. As that ball's, you know, coming back towards second base, we should be hanging out. Um, I learned this from – uh, coach Slosnay, I can't say his last name, when he was at TCU, and I think his assistant coach was Bill Moriello, I think that was his name. You know, they talk about the only time we should be standing on second base is if, or any bag is if we're tagging. And that's right. Most of the time, guys go back to retreat to the bag to tag. It's not a ball they would have been tagging on anyways. And then the guy drops it, and instead of being able to go second to home, we're stuck at third. Like, our guys got to get good at hanging out, Right. If you're not tagging up, there's no reason to be standing on the bag. Happens all the time. Ball hit the right field, routine fly ball we're not going to tag on. You know, instead of us being nine, ten feet off the bag hanging out, we're standing on the bag. Well, then that guy misses that ball. We missed the opportunity to score. So uh, that's just, again, daily focus. Um, think, you know, seeing it live, seeing it, seeing it every day. Um, then, of course, we have a round at third base, uh, which is – Runner on third, less than two. Um, we treat it some days like infields in. Treat it some days like middles back, corners up. Um, you know, those are just things you have to do. Um, Got to get really good at. You know, they are going to screw this up a lot. From a well, you know, balls hitting the air, they're going to take off the home instead of hanging out or getting back. You know, and it's it's coachable stuff. Um, but I can just tell you, since we put a focus on it, our, we've been a lot better in that aspect of the game. And it's something you have to put an emphasis on. you got to work on every single day. So, uh, anyways, scoring from third with less than two outs. That's a big one. Um, yeah, if you're a squeeze team, work on your squeeze. 
you know, work on your safety squeezes. You have to do it. You can't – too many times as coaches we could, we put kids in situations that they're not prepared for because they haven't seen it enough. They haven't been in that situation enough to be good at it. And that ultimately falls on us as coaches. Um, so, you know, don't be mad at your guy for not getting a squeeze down if, you know, as a base runner he's never gone through the, the process of what that looks like from from reading that, you know, getting that signal – how he's relaying to you that he got signal, how the, how the batter's relaying it and stuff like that. There's no reason to get upset about it if you don't ever work on it. So, anyways, that's kind of – I could talk about this for seven hours, but that's uh, the things for building better base runners for us. That's how we do it. That's how I believe you do it. It starts with the mindset. Then the players have to have a good foundation on things they're not good at. Um, and then it just takes daily reps. It takes a commitment every single day to working on these things. The more rep, game-like reps you can give them at game speed, you know, where they can train their eyes, train the reactions, train their body. Uh, we've been doing this since uh, every year. We do it since uh, starting October in the open season. And uh, then, you know, it continues every single day we practice. So um, that's all I got. 53 minutes. Uh, actually, let me add one more thing. My base, the base running for me a lot of times doesn't, or not for me, base running a lot of times doesn't get coached the way it should because everybody looks at base running like, ah, man, you know, it's base running. But we don't, we don't consider the fact that, you know, there's so much to gain. There's so many runs to be had if we just execute and do it correctly. But it requires coaches to boost their educational level, their education level on on this stuff. You know, go look. You want old school dude who's great at this? Go look at Coach Mike Roberts. Mike Roberts kind of started this whole trend, right? His son Brian Roberts, one of the best base, base runners in the game. You want to see some? You want to see how you can steal second base and steal third base? Go to YouTube, type in Brian Roberts base running. It'll be the first thing that pops up, and you'll learn all about controlled jump leads, jump leads, moving leads. You'll learn about all this stuff, and you'll see it done in real time. It's incredible, okay? Buy Matt Tallarico's book, The Complete Base Stealer. The B, or sorry, The Complete Base Stealing Manual. It's 99 bucks As a coach, it's awesome. I go back and reread it every single year on some of the areas that maybe we're not so good on. He talks about an old school method and a new school method to running bases. It's some of the best stuff I've ever read. And uh, you guys who are podcast guys, guys who are on Twitter, reach out to Coach Jeremy Sheetinger. Sheets. He's bought in on this stuff, right? He's really good. Um, he's one of the first people who initially got me like thinking about base running because he used to listen to his podcast all the time. And uh, when he was doing the ABCA podcast, now he's doing dugout chatter. It's beautiful. It's it's tremendous stuff that, especially at the high school game, where pitchers are robotic and you know they don't change cadences enough, and they're doing the same thing every pitch. Tremendous opportunities, guys. Just takes intentional focus on getting your guys there, which is then going to propel them at the next level to be great base runners um, and continue that trend. So. That's all I got. Uh, that's it for building better base runners. If you got questions, uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Brandon M. Hyman. Uh, shoot me an email, um, Brandon M. Hyman at gmail.com. 
all that stuff's available. I'd love to talk talk to you about this stuff or you know answer any questions you may have about some of the stuff that we do. You know, I'm not that guy who's not. People say, "Man, y'all give up your competitive advantage when you talk about stuff like this." Eh. If you're not working on it every day defensively, it's hard to defend against, right? If you're not working on it every day offensively, it's good that you you know somebody told you what to do. But if you guys don't practice it every day, it's hard to replicate. So uh, I don't worry about stuff like that. I'm not that coach that feels like you know oh keep that close to your chest. Nah, man, this is legit. We want to make our game more exciting. You want to make this game better, like without changing pitch clocks and all this other stuff, man. Teach your guys how to generate more offense on the base pads. Makes the game fun. I love watching a team that knows how to run bases and generate runs. It's awesome to watch. So, anyways, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Uh, appreciate, again, all the feedback, follows, uh, subscriptions, everything. Please keep them coming. Uh, if there's anything you want to see, want to hear about, let me know. Um, I'm going to start – I'm hopefully tomorrow going to do my first interview if I can get – uh, Coach Dickerson to hop on and, and do an interview. I'm going to start doing that maybe once a week, once every other week where we do a coach's corner session where we bring in some of the, the good coaches out there. I'm going to start locally because, uh, again, I think we got great coaches here, but we'll start there um, and then try to branch out as, you know, things grow and people want to people be a part of this. But we got a lot of great coaches here that I want to interview and and let you guys, you know, hear and know what we're all about here in Florence, South Carolina, especially here at South Florence. So, appreciate all the listens. I uh, hope everybody has a great rest of your week. Bruins play tonight at 6.30 against Hannah Pampico. Should be a great game. Um, if you don't have anything doing or anything going on, come out and see us. Uh, but other than that, be cool. Go Bruins. See ya.